Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Boxing, 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 boxing. Outsiders Boxing Podcast coming to you live on this 24th of March on a beautiful Sunday. OBP family, what's going on? Good to hear from you guys again. Over here on the beautiful sunny side of San Joaquin Valley in Central California. All is good over here. It's nice to have the weather the way it is. Sun just beaming already. Been a little bipolar. A little bit of rain yesterday, but it got back to the beautiful sunshine and things of that nature. So able to have a productive weekend here at the house clean up all that good stuff, clean the car, and relax later on. And it's been a pretty cool, chill last two days for myself. Um, you know, t- checking out what's going on with March Madness, things of that nature. I felt that um, making my bracket this year would be with more confidence last year because this year, I've watched a total of uh, somewhere around 13 minutes of college basketball. And last year I watched somewhere around six minutes. So I was double prepared in a sense than I was a year ago. However, I did not even make a bracket. So don't really care much for uh, this year's college basketball March Madness nonsense see what goes on today <sighs> with that said boxing's been a little slow because uh <clears throat> march madness is really taking over uh, thus far but nonetheless there's always things going on in the sport even though when there's not things going on in the sport as far as television wise um so we're here for the listening viewer to make up for the visual viewer Uh, had a surprise last week when Willa brought back a familiar voice in which I have not heard for a very long time. Um, you know, the, the 
famous birthplace of Emmanuel Stewart, Jerry West, Randy Moss, and now Michael Carpenter Harrison, which he famously phrased in the years of around 2009, something like that, over at OTG. Uh, you know, a, a guy who got a lot of uh, a lot of heat for some of the predictions that he had mentioned, as far as guys like Kovalev uh, and the Cooney country going on there, initially predicted the softness of Kovalev, in which everyone laughed at at the time. MCH uh, took a lot of heat back then, but <clears throat> come to find out over time wasn't so crazy after all. I don't know how Willow linked him up to get on the show, but when he had mentioned it, I had a, a listen to it all, and uh, it was a really good show hosted by Willa with uh, MCH, JP, and a, a, a familiar caller from over in L.A. who said they barely got back uh, uh, on track or where we are today from where we were then. Pretty good show. You guys should check it out. Um, but, you know, anyways, all that, all that good stuff. I want to take it to my man, Will, D. Willow Wilson, and see what's going on with him over in Houston, Texas, and see how everything's going over there. Willow, there's a, a, a slow week in boxing, but there's always stuff going on that we, uh, got to do for the boxing family out there. So what's going on with you, my guy? How you doing out there? Oh, man, um... First of all, a happy Sunday to everybody. Um, like you said, had a good show. I think uh, we couldn't do a show on Wednesday. We're traveling. I was traveling. And uh, so MCH hit me up, Dr. MCH. Um, and we had a oh, good yeah, show, yeah. you know. Yeah, he, take, he had that good philosophy feel to him. He's putting a lot of stuff in there. He made a lot of good points, stuff I, I agree with, stuff I disagree with. But it was always good to have him back on, man, so. Hopefully we can get a little more from MCH, man, and uh, he can be a part of the uh, – come back and be a part of the family. But uh, besides that, boxing, I didn't catch too much boxing, man. I saw a little bit of boxing last night, uh, a bum off. I really didn't pay attention. Wasn't too much going on. Really wasn't excited. There is a fight tonight, I believe. Uh, I think that's Lippinitz versus um, – who is it? Versus my man with the short pants, uh, Peterson. Peterson. Yeah, Peterson. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so might be might be able to catch a little boxing tonight. Unlike uh, like you, I do not participate in the uh, the the viewing of NCAA basketball. I might have watched. I watched some of Zion Williams. Uh, maybe the game before the championship against North Carolina. I watched a little bit of that game, not even all of it. I watched a little bit of it, and that's been pretty much it on my little look at basketball. But I'll definitely, you know, once it gets to, like, the final, the Sweet 16, I think that the Sweet 16 is next, right? Is that not today, but maybe on, I don't know. I don't even yeah, know how that everyone, works. Yeah everyone's, uh, yeah, everyone's getting to the Sweet 16. Right, right. So I'll probably start checking out the uh, the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, I didn't even do a bracket this year. So, you know, because I have no idea what the fuck's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of like that right now, man. Uh, I mean, everyone knows, you know, Duke's got the 
the one, two, and three top recruits this year. So, you know, they got – what's the point? <laughs> they need to be taking it off. But I'll go for anybody uh, that goes uh, against Duke. So, it is what it is, man. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, I, for, I forgot, like uh, you said, Dr. MCH. Got to put some respect on that man's name uh, completely. Was thrown off about that shit, too. So uh, that was good stuff. And if you could get him to come on uh, any other time, that'd be great. Because uh, I, I remember before I got on uh, OTG with everybody, that's when he had just disappeared. So um, me and MCH never had a, a conversation once before. So uh, it'd be cool to kind of bring that whole uh, uh, flashback back and, and uh, you know, get some more some more recruits from over there over here. Yeah, I think if you and uh if you and MCH did a show, we would have to have the the mute button. We would have to have time limits because you know you're you're long winded, MCH he's long winded like a motherfucker. So we would have to get like time limits. We had to have some limits because nobody else. I don't think anybody else would get to talk if y'all were both on the same show. <laughs> uh, uh, if we were on the same show, I'd uh, I'd have a uh, a short leash on on my words so. Because yeah, I noticed how he's a long-winded character. Got some stuff to say, and he's uh, uh I think he uh, had a surprise show with Nino back in the the heavyweight show recently. Not not too recent, but you know. Uh, yeah, and, he did. And, yeah, it was a it was a really good show. But yeah, he's uh, you know, he's got a lot to say, and uh, uh, the way it's not what you say, but how you say it. But he still puts a lot of good facts on. It, it was a really good show. I enjoyed the show. I think I listened to it twice actually. So um. Yeah, it was a good show, man. Uh, Did I take but, any shots at uh, you? No, I don't. Uh, you do. I don't. You know, I don't. I don't believe you took any shots at me. I just listened to it twice because it was a, a a good show. But no, it was cool, man. I, I I enjoyed the hell out of it. It was good shit. So that was uh, kudos to you for getting a special guest. I must be slacking. Worked out cause... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you definitely are. I'm surprised at that one, but. Um, Nah, man. Uh, it was it was a good show, and uh, and um, I was uh, checking out the the uh, uh, the, the Bivol, uh preview show that you had had with JP and Simon, and uh, another good one also that you guys did in my absence. But um, uh, speaking of JP, um, if we could take it to JP and see what's going on over there, and then we could uh, get to these topics that we got during the week. So uh, JP. Inglewood always up to no good. What's going down from SoCal, my brother? Uh, this is management. Uh, JP is a no call, no show. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Hey, check your tape. All right, well, <laughs> All right I'm going to check it out. Uh, I was going through a little bit of uh, stuff on Twitter, so I hadn't got a chance to check out the text message. One thing I forgot to mention, though, was uh, how you mentioned the, the, the bum-offs that they had yesterday. Uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Paladino, uh, that they had for top rank. Christina Poncher, one of the reporters for top rank, uh, became the second woman to do lead by lead play to do the lead play by play on commentary on a major box, boxing broadcast or um, broadcast. I'm sorry, sneak peek to her KO call on Paladino last night, in which top rank had posted uh, three hours ago, actually. Christina Poncher. Yeah, she's one of those good-looking chicks, and she does a couple of different things. But she's uh, always notable at the uh, top rank 
uh, event. So kudos to her in becoming the only second woman to do a play-by-play broadcast. Just got to give the women their their shout-out since uh, women nowadays are making more waves than ever. Oh, and you know what, Willard? I think, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> I'll get a message a little later on, but, uh, you, know, you know, Michaela may have been out there in Shanghai making some business move out there, getting that bag, man. And, um, you know, uh, business booming from Michaela Mayer. She's looking real fire out there, I, I must say, just to keep it real with you. Scissor. Now, that is a lady. For some reason, I just see huh? scissors come to mind when we think of that. <laughs> you ain't got no proof to back up any of those crazy claims, Willa. And I'm not even going to entertain the thought of it because, yeah, uh-uh, I, I ain't having it. And I would think that uh, Seattle Sign would join us today on the show, but I see that uh, North Carolina is getting ready to play UW, and, and uh, Sign's been blowing me up about how uh, the, the Washington Huskies are going to give North Carolina hell because we ain't got no white guys on the team. We got nothing but brothers. So I know Sign's <laughs> going crazy right now, but uh, – I'm going to feel bad for him when North Carolina bet hey, the breaks what off I do the know, Washington Huskies. What I do know about NCAA basketball is that in order to win the chip, unless you've got three, I, I mean, unless you've got four or five, no, unless you've got five young rookie uh, black cats, young, I mean, freshmen, you're not going to win the championship unless you've got two to three white guys, senior to junior white guys on your team because they're, you know, because they're grown men at this point. They're like 22 years old playing against, so they're a little stronger. They've been in the system a lot longer. They know how to play the game of basketball. You know, they're not going to go to the league, but they usually can dominate in the tournament. This is where the white basketball player, the white American white basketball player, excels at the at, at its best level. So, if if Washington is a whole bunch of black guys, is that what you said? Then they're yeah. He lose. said they ain't got. He said yeah. they ain't got no Easily. liabilities like white guys in there. He said we got. He said we got nothing but brothers. <laughs> you and he got that, the right? white boy made right. I mean, they've got the white guy that they've been building up for a couple of years that's been balling because he's like bigger. You know, hey, just just watch how it goes. You gotta in the NCAA, you've got to have at least three white guys on your team, at least one starting white guy, and a couple of guys that are coming off. Uh, a, a point guard or something like that that can shoot the three. <laughs> Not in the NBA, but uh, but in the NCAA. Yeah, and, and, and as the game started right now, North Carolina's got this uh, center who looks like he's a lot older than everybody else, white guy, who gets the first bucket of the game. <laughs> so that might be it right there. But uh, I got the text that, that uh, JT is on with us right now, so um, you know, he, he was, you know, probably getting through that L.A. traffic and things of that nature. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I hope he wasn't, uh, you know, kind of still sitting on the sorrows of the Lakers getting X'd out of the playoffs uh, in recent news. So, uh, yeah, I know LeBron and, and, and Lakerland is a, is a sad place right now, but I hope all is well with my guy J.P., and I want to take it to – Southern California for the second go round and see what's going on with Well, fellas, yeah, 
it's it's downtime, but you know, it's it's the Phoenix will be rising soon. I think the uh, NBA has panned out here with the trade deadline passing. A lot's changed. A lot has changed. You know, that's going to work in the Lakers' favor eventually. You got Tatum and Brown not being who we thought they were, and you got Kuzma and Ingram. I think outplaying that tandem in Boston. So that's going to work out for us come this trade in the summer. You out, bro? All right, I'm out. Hold on. Um, but uh, sorry, guys. Uh, you got I want to speak to what what uh, Will is talking about that white guy in the league. Um, oh, story of do. Tyler Hansborough. See, bro. Um, story of Tyler Hansborough. You know. That that four year guy who hangs around and becomes you know a high lottery pick, but it's only because he's been around four years he gets to the NBA and they just never pan out, you know. And Tyler Hansborough was a last great illustration of just the guy being in the in the NCAA for four years, where most of the guys who are good enough don't hang around that long. You rarely see a good player hang around to his second year. So those four-year players, and that's how you get the mid-majors coming up. You get the butlers. You get the and Villanova wouldn't be considered a mid-major, but it's not one of those top echelon schools like Duke, North Carolina, where you get the one-year wonders. And overall, that you know you can strike um, you can strike gold with the one-year wonders, the Zions and the Barretts and those natures. But if you don't win, that's your window for that year. Whereas over at Villanova, they got all these four-year guys, the Josh Hart's, you know, you got a solid dude like Josh Hart over there playing for X amount of years. You got A.J. McCollum playing at Lee High for X amount Buddy of Hill. years. Where they, yeah, Buddy Hill, where a team like Lee High, who had A.J. McCullough, knocked off Duke a couple years back. But we didn't know who the fuck A.J. McCullough was when he actually turned <laughs> out to be better than everybody that Duke has had had at that point. So that's where you get your mid-majors in this thing, and that's where the upsets come in. You know, you got the Kentuckys and the Dukes and the Carolinas, and they got a bunch of freshmen. And then you you, you run into a fucking 14 seed with a bunch of 22-year-olds on it. You know, and that's where you get your upsets. That's why they offer a billion dollars if you can pick a perfect bracket. But this is a boxing yeah. show. So a lot of – a lot of fights this weekend, what I understand, but I don't know how many of them were, you know, worth pulling aside the time to sit on down when you could uh, have other things to be doing. I think that's the question about some boxing weekends, but uh, on to you guys. Yeah, no, I mean, <clears throat> the slow week in boxing, and, and that's kind of why we, like you said, March Madness kind of took over the, the week, and it still is, and and things of that nature. So, uh, but uh, before we get into boxing talk, let's just uh, we'll toss this one around because you speaking of Zion Williams, uh, Williamson. I'm sorry. Uh, they there was a, a hypothetical question put out there that that, that I thought was yeah, you know maybe something to think about. If, if you were an NBA executive and saying this is a next year draft scenario, and knowing how good Luka Doncic is right now, if he was in next year's draft. Willa and JP, who would you guys take if you had the opportunity of knowing how good Luka Doncic is right now, which I still think vastly better, but uh, and, you, and you had Zion Williamson in the same class, which one are you guys going with the first overall pick? You want me to go, Willa? 
I'll take I'll take the question first. Um, there's a concentrated swing in the NBA, if you ask me. You've heard Mark Cuban come out on record and say the the European player is better than the American player because just their fundamentals are better. Uh, that could be true. Now, if you look at the Dallas Mavericks, you 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 know at times you can have five seeming what look like white dudes on the floor, and they ball. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, but, look what they did to Golden State yesterday with all white guys on the team, pretty much. <laughs> telling you, and so this, but this is, it, it's a lot of levels to it. But it simply put, Luka Doncic was playing at a professional level in Europe when he was 16 years old, whereas our guys got to yep. go through this bullshit AAU shit, and then they force us to go to the NBA farm system so we can keep this NCAA shit alive. And they force all, you know, force them to go play one year there. While Luka Doncic is on the other side of the water getting paid, getting paid as an amateur professional and fucking playing against higher competition. So, of course, when they come to the league at 19 years old, you know, you got two, two dudes balling at a different level. You know, Luka Doncic's game is just more seasoned. It looks more mature than what Zion Williams is going to, you know, you ask me, Zion Williams is going to come in here and be a putback master, get some fancy dunks and some crazy looking block shots, but it's not going to, it's going to be three, four years before you start to see him handle the ball, step out on the perimeter a bit. So it's still uh-huh. in a development state. But um, to answer the question, Luka Doncic, I mean, I don't know if Luka Doncic is going to be a, a type of dude you could put your franchise on. If Zion pans out to be as good as he's projecting, he is that guy. See, that's the thing about the Euro. When they really get here, how many of them have been a guy that you could say, we put the franchise on his back? Now, Dirk Nowitzki, arguably, if you're looking at metrics over a three-year period, I believe it was from maybe 2010 through 13 or 9 through 12, Every metric would say that Dirk Nowitzki in that time was the most efficient, best player in the NBA. And that's metrics, though. Did Dirk Nowitzki win the title in 2012 versus D-Wade and LeBron? Yeah, he did. You know, but with a team, to me, that looked to be metrics built, built on the, uh, the analytics rather than mm-hmm. putting, studs, putting studs in place. So that's a swing that you have in the NBA where – where you have the Harvard and MIT dudes coming in, and they're saying, look, we don't have to play for so many stud athletes. You just need to put these pieces around this player, and this, these numbers say we win more ball games. So there is a, a swing, uh, and if you ask me, a concentrated uh, swing in the NBA to where we're going to have lighter skin on these floors, which equals to revenues. There's a reason why on every college bench you got all the white boys jumping around on the bench. You know, how'd they get them scholarships? Oh, yeah. If, if they just ride in the pine and being cheerleaders, how'd they get them? Well, they got them for a reason because, you know, the, the, the fan who is majority Caucasian at a 90% rate probably plus uh, needs to have some incentive. I think that's a bit of incentive to, you know, pay for the tickets. So that's just my rant on it. Sounds like you're leaning towards drafting Zion Williamson if I was to put the feet to the fire over Luka Doncic. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm taking Zion. 
I believe Zion is, is a superstar. That's the difference. That's the ultimate difference. Zion is a superstar. Luka Doncic is a really good player. But Luka Doncic is not going to sell any sneakers. He's not going to – I mean, he'll sell his jerseys to who he sells them to. And you can take for that what you may. But Zion Williams is a superstar. And Luka Doncic is not nearly on that echelon to where, you know, we're having private footage like CBS is doing Zion cam. They got a fucking camera that they use to just follow him. Luka doesn't demand that type of interest. So it does get to um, a level where as you're a GM, you're like, yeah, Luka's a nice player and he'll be going to be nice for the next 10 years. But this dude's potential ceiling, like if it's fulfilled and we don't know, you know, he could fucking be Sean Kemp for all we know. But if he can fill that cup, Man, you got, you know, you got somebody who's going to revolutionize a franchise monetarily for sure. Just does it all equal W's and can you build W's around them? But if you're talking about a sensation, you know, this is Larry Johnson and fucking, um, you know, Sean Kemp, Rain Man, Grandma Ma, all those things mixed in one with a little more game to him already. So he's definitely going to be a sensation. Yeah, and I hear that, bro. Willa, if you had an opportunity at the first-round pick with Zion Williamson and Luka Doncic, knowing how good he is right now, who are you taking, man? Well, it depends on what I'm trying to do. If if we're starting a, if I'm starting a team, if I'm like Phoenix, I'm coming out, I'm starting a team, I'm picking Zion Williams. Uh, Zion Williams will be definitely be the better player. Um, he will, even if he's Sean Kemp, Sean Kemp is better than, you know what I'm saying, is better than uh, Luca to me. Um, now, you got to take, you know, I am a, so so if I'm taking a, a team like that, a, a young team, I'm trying to build, I'm picking, I'm picking uh, Williamson. If I'm, if I got a team and I just need, I'm a couple, I'm, I'm one piece or two away you know, I guess if I got the first round pick, I can't. You know, I, I guess I suck. So I guess I'm taking them. But well, if I'm well, if I'm a team like and, I, Boston, and I like how Boston might have a first round, they might get the first overall pick depending on how things work out for them. And they already got a squad, so that's kind of like going towards what you're saying right now. Well, then yeah, then if I'm like a piece away, then I'm gonna take Lucas because I know that right now he's a better player and he's a he's balling right now, and I think. For the next two or three years, he might be a better player than uh, than Williamson. And in fact, you know, a guy that I think is going to pop up on the scene, a guy that I think that Williamson is is going to be like but better. I think he's still better, but I think a guy that's about to pop on the scene is uh, Julius Randle. I think he's been in the league for what five years. He came out young. He got to figure out. He's starting to figure out his game because he he's like. Uh, like Zion, except he's not jumping as high as Zion, but he's the same type of guy. He's sh- he's shorter. He's bullying you. He's giving you that old school bully beat down and putting it up there. He's learning his game right now. I think in a minute we're gonna have him as the top power forward in the game, um, and I think uh, this next year is probably gonna be when it happens. So you know, to answer your question, it just depends on what I got. But I think overall, I think in five years, Williamson will be the better better player, but it might take him three or four years to pass Luca because Luca's got it. You know, he could do it all at this point in time, but he's been playing grown men his whole life. Uh, Zion's been I, playing boys. 
Look, I think Luca going to be a lot like Larry Bird, man. They don't age well, and they don't age well in real, real life either, and they don't age well in the NBA. Um, Larry Bird had his time where, you know, he was arguably better than managed, but his reign as a Biggie Small say on the top was short like Leprechaun. And Larry got old really fast, and, you know, they rely on this floor game. And Luca's playing a floor game, and he's 19 years old. That you is, is cup half empty or full with that. You know, you could say, well, floor game lasts longer, but he's a perimeter player, so you need to be able to get by people and stuff like that. So as the guy gets close to 30, getting by people is going to become a problem. Using your, your handle for the step back is going to become a problem. The thing about Zion that is so intriguing about him is that we have literally – never seen anyone with this skill set. Now, you can say, you know, LeBron is comparative athletically to Zion, but even Zion's still more, uh, you know, I'd argue more uh, athletic than LeBron just on the prowess of him being able to jump like that. We ain't never seen nobody jump like this and then weighing 285 pounds. And then what what he's developed that none of us knew is that he has some perimeter game. He's already shooting the ball. You know, so if we're trying to add guys like Sean Kemp and Larry Johnson, they never had that. So this guy could potentially be something we have never seen. Julius Randle, loved Julius Randle, hated when the Lakers got rid of him. But, you know, Julius right now, game looks just barely similar to Zion, and Zion's still a kid. Julius has had, you know, like you said, five years of seasoning. I'd argue that, shit, Zion could have – be doing what uh, Randall's doing, maybe in his rookie season. You know, he's that that good and that af- overly athletic. You know, with these athletics and that big body, you worry, you know, about the knees, the ligaments, the things that bend on him that have to propel that type of body, you know what I mean? But if, if everything goes well, man, we could have something we've never seen before. You know, these strange athletic types, Shit be happening to him because the tendons and ligaments just don't hold up. I.e., Derrick Rose. When I seen, I've yet to see anybody explosive as the young Derrick Rose was. I mean, Derrick Rose was some shit I had never seen before, just on pure acceleration and all those things combined. But boom, there goes the legs. So you have to hope Zion can, you know, stay healthy. Really, that's the fear about a guy like him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, Luka Doncic, you don't got to worry about none of that because, you know, he's been putting some cats on posters, but, you know, he's still uh, playing at a safer type game. But, you know, I just wanted to talk about that. We'll, 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 we'll talk about that stuff another day. If, JP, you have a basketball show or something like that or whatever, whatever we could follow up on that. But <clears throat> as is, this is a boxing show, so uh, let's get to boxing and and, and bring up what we got to talk about as far as the topics going on throughout the week. Now, fellas, we were um, <clears throat> talking about this morning in the group text how it was a slow week. Kind of try to try to put some topics together. It wasn't hard. Uh, <laughs> I just had to look at a few things that's going on. Now, I didn't really know how to put these ones in order, but uh, it's not very hard because uh, you could just put it from the, from the jump. So I think the most relevant uh, topic that I've seen a lot of people talking about, even when I'm – scrolling on my timeline and seeing Willa's name pop up in boxing groups where I try to stay out of because, you know, people are just, uh, you know, 
people are just a little 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 off their rocker sometimes. Don't make too much sense to me. Uh, as Willa said in the group message uh, to my to myself, keeping it real seems like it's to be dead as of right now when it comes to people and the way they've lived so much in the what have you done for me lately business. So what have we seen lately? After Earl Spence had his fight with Mikey Garcia, had Manny Pacquiao get in the ring and talk about a possible matchup with the two, and you see Manny Pacquiao say on record that he doesn't believe Spence hits too hard, being, you know, front row uh, and witnessing it like that. But uh, Manny Pacquiao on Twitter had made a poll saying who his next opponent should be. And uh, I, honestly, uh, I, I really don't need, I don't think Manny Pacquiao is the guy that's putting these tweets out, similar to the fact of uh, Vince McMahon on Twitter. I don't think Vince McMahon is tweeting. <laughs> I don't think Manny Pacquiao is tweeting either. you got a, a PR guy for that type of shit. But um, <clears throat> Pacquiao had a poll on Twitter saying, who should I fight next? Floyd Mayweather, Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia, or Sean Porter, in which Floyd Mayweather ran away with on the poll at 73%. But two guys left off that list. Terrence Crawford, who seems to be left off everybody's list, and and, uh, Earl Spence. Spence and uh, Pacquiao, as we mentioned, would have been bully season instead of strap season, going from Mikey Garcia to old Manny Pacquiao. But, you know, you got boxing fans out there saying – you know, Pacquiao's a coward. He's not putting Spence on the list and, and all this buffoonery involved in that. Uh, I mean, like I said, I don't think that it's something that he made a list for um, if he was just on his phone doing it himself. You know, so people take things however they want. But, Willa, I'll take it to you first because you decided to hop in that Royal Rumble. <laughs> And I've seen how much people were talking shit, like, about Pacquiao calling him a coward for – I mean, people are talking about Manny Pacquiao, like, as if he's a 26-year-old fighter who's avoiding a guy like Earl Spence. At this point in time, we know Pacquiao's uh, looking to get that back. So, uh, you know, what's your thoughts about that, Willa? Because me, I'm looking at it like it wasn't him – it wasn't even Manny in the first place. And, uh, I, I mean – it, it, it's just it's just Twitter polls, but as far as what's next for Pacquiao and leaving those two guys out, you looking at Pacquiao like he's on some sucker shit? No, definitely not. Look, Manny Pacquiao has been in wars, right? He fought Morales, he fought uh, Marquez, he fought uh, uh, the other dude. Uh, what, what's my man's name? I can't put with the B, I believe. With the B, um, he's he's paid Pacquiao's his dues. Fought, damn everybody. <laughs> yeah, he's paid his dues. Yeah, he's he's paid his dues for sure. Manny Pacquiao is not a coward. He's a lot of things, but he's not a coward. People are are, are out of control now. He did leave off two guys, and those are the top two guys in in the division. You know, two of the top two guys, right? He's the yeah. mandatory for I'd Keith say. Thurman. Uh, he's the mandatory for Keith Thurman, or he might, you know, I think, yeah. I, so he might be fighting Keith Thurman. I think is what the what the word is right now. If Manny Pacquiao is fighting for belts, and he's fighting at what forty years old, fighting these young young killers out here. 
still doing his thing um, at at 43. I mean, at, at 40 years old, I'm not mad at any 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 decision he makes. You know, really, what I think Manny should be doing is just be looking to try to fight uh, fight Floyd Mayweather if he can, if that's at all possible. That's the only thing Manny should be worried about. Um, I'm glad, you know, I'm not a Manny. I am a Manny fan. You know, Manny is good for the for he was good for boxing. He did what he did, like him or not. He's good for boxing. Well, I, I say I'm not a fan of him, but I give Manny his respect that it, that is due. You know what I'm saying? I am a fan of him sometimes when he's fighting because I'm a fan of good boxing. But I, you know, he's not my guy. But we got to give him respect. If he's out here fighting these young guys, I think that's uh, you know, that I don't care who it is. I'm glad he's not fighting Spence because if he fights Spence or Crawford, that might be it'll definitely be his last fight. So he he might want to play a smart and fight if he's gonna fight a guy, he fight a guy like Thurman who who might knock him out. It's very I doubt that. He'll just box you a little bit. You won't really get beat. You won't take a beat and then you'll be able to get another payday. You know, if he fights Spence or Crawford, he might get, you know, physically abused where he can't do anything so uh, do any other fight so you know much love to Manny he he can do what he does he's got the WBA regular championship so he is the mandatory for Keith Thurman he's fighting for chips much respect for him there's no coward in Manny Pacquiao people need to uh you know get off the gas yeah they really do man uh, JP, <clears throat> with this whole uh, crazy talk about Manny Pacquiao being put out there from just a simple poll of Twitter that he had, um, I didn't see it the way that I looked at the Royal Rumble of the comment section being. But uh, uh, what's your thoughts on this Manny Pacquiao poll that he had and uh, about the two names that he left off the list, my good friend? Oh, man, this story overall just really saddens me. I think we touched on it last week, uh, talking about kind of the position seeming Al Heyman has put Floyd in, whereas you have Manny out here still possibly having the risk fighting one of these young bulls that he has no reason. He has no business being in the ring with. Um, We talked about an earlier conversation uh, in some shows way back where we kind of had a good time, but, you know, I always fancied a senior league in boxing, you know, and you can tear the ages off, but Manny should be fighting in the first league, which is the 40 and up league. And then you have competitive fights, but there's no, there is no fight with Manny versus Errol Spence. And I hate to see champions and Manny is a living fucking legend by every man has over 70s, 70 fights this is a throwback like you won't see another modern day fighter with 70 goddamn fights this man's a living legend dude a legend Manny Pacquiao gonna be talked about higher revered than even Floyd people may say 30 years from now 50 100 years from now you know Mayweather was the tactician but I think in 100 years from now when boxing fans look back Manny Pacquiao is gonna be highly revered and deservedly so 70 fights modern day fighter and not fighting all bullshit didn't come over here with 50 fights in the bag already or none of that weird shit like Chavez or nothing like that Um, point being man Manny should not have to be subjected to this where it seems that he's fighting for money 
you know, and to keep the bills paid. And we've seen that. I, I don't mind a guy like Roy Jones. See, Roy, I don't feel like Roy kept fighting and took them hard L's towards the end of his career. If Roy was just that competitive and delusional because he used to be so far athletically advanced than everyone else, that fucks your brain up as an athlete. See, you still think you're that guy. When, when you're so superior, you you still think you're that guy, and it takes you getting knocked out about five times to realize, oh, shit, I'm not the quickest thing on earth anymore. Um, but mm-hmm. that didn't happen to Muhammad Ali, however. I don't think Muhammad Ali took that ass whooping from uh, Trevor Burbick and Larry Holmes and the likes of those fucks towards the end, and no disrespect to Larry Holmes, um, to just because he was that competitive. I believe Ali still thought I – I actually don't believe Ali thought he could win at that point. It was just the money. And you hate to see that. That's what you don't want to see. You want to see your champions, your great champions, bow out like Bernard Hopkins did. Like, okay, I took a loss. I've lost it. I'm over the edge. Even if they go out delusional like fucking Roy Jones. Better off you like to see them go off like Floyd, continue being a part of the sport, be influential in it, and not ever have to subject themselves to a young, hungry lion. And that's what we're seeing with Manny Pacquiao is sad. Um... I don't think he should fight any of them guys. I agree with Willis that he should only be aiming at Mayweather, possibly pull Marquez out of retirement, and I wouldn't mind seeing a Garcia fight. Now, there's Sean Porter. I wouldn't mind it, you know. There are, but them are smaller dudes. You can't put them in. That's always been the crux with Pacquiao. It's like two tiers in the same division of the welterweight division. You have the smaller welterweights, then you got the bigger ones. You know, Keith and um, Errol being on the thicker, bigger ones that probably the walk around and baby. <laughs> Yeah, that walk around at 180. Then you got the little dudes who teeter at 150 out of camp. You know what I'm saying? So you got yeah. two divisions at welterweight where you get the big-ass Errol fucking chubby ass walking around at 170, you know, and 180. And then you got a guy like, uh, you know, Pacquiao, who's probably walking around right now at like 152, you know what I mean, or something. You probably yep. never walk at 160. So long, long story short, sorry to be so long-winded, but um, no, nah, man, Pacquiao don't need to be fighting nothing in the senior circuit, pull Marquez out of retirement. I'll take a Sean Porter fight, but I don't want no um, Spence or nothing like that. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man, and uh, I think that if anyone would uh, be most willing to get in there with uh, of all the guys, I think it'd probably be a, uh, uh, Keith Thurman or Danny Garcia, which would probably get it because segueing to our next subject would be mentioning Sean Porter in a possible fight with Manny Pacquiao. Well, you had Kenny Porter in an interview uh, or, or with uh, a, a member of the Boxing Voice that was posted on YouTube uh, that I sent you guys the link of where uh, it, it seemed like after Sean had beat Danny, which he really didn't, but when he beat Danny, that they said that it would be the easiest fight to make with Earl Spence. But then you had Kenny Porter a, a month or so after saying that Sean's going to fight once a year, and if he fights Earl, it's going to be pay-per-view on Fox and all this kind of, I don't know. It just seems a little out of left field to me. But he was on the uh, uh, interview saying that, you know, it, it's got to be, and obviously I'm just going verbatim here, but, you know, he was uh, saying that for Sean's future, 
in his next fight, it's got to be Earl Spence. It's got to be Spence. And it seemed like he is willing to just put Sean in there with uh, Earl and, and see how things go because, uh, I mean, it, it seemed like the easiest fight to make, but then the business side came out of it, which uh, kind of was a little odd. But, uh, Willa, they, uh, uh, your, your man Kenny Porter was saying that word for word, it's got to be Spence for his next fight. So I know that everyone wants to see Crawford and Spence happen right now, and which it probably should because the whole buildup's already been led for the last two years, last year or so. And uh, Crawford saying he's ready. And, um, you know, I think that that's the, the fight to make right now, but it doesn't seem like we're going on that route surprising, surprisingly so when it comes to boxing, right? So, uh, but they're talking about Sean Porter's next opponent. Gotta be Spence. Are you buying what Kenny Porter's saying and thinking that's the next route for Earl Spence in this fight that he's got going on building between this Crawford hype and, uh, and and what's moving forward because I don't know. Kenny Porter says one thing and then he kind of uh, changes up his tone a little bit, which is a little uh, it's, it's it's a little characteristically surprising from a guy like Kenny Porter because he's uh, he, he, he he speaks with his heart and you know when you hear that corporate talk a little bit out of nowhere like I said when he was talking about uh, fighting once a year and you know fighting on Fox pay per view and it's got to be this got to be that. Little so uncharacteristic, but he's saying it's got to be Spence. You buying that? Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, if you haven't noticed, we've been seeing a lot of uh, Sean Porter and Earl Spence in the same area, in the same, you know, mostly with Porter interviewing Spence, asking them questions, them talking about, you know, them talking to each other. So. PBC is putting them in range, you know what I'm saying, where we're seeing these guys together. Um, I'm definitely not mad at all at a Spence-Porter fight because these guys have belts. Do we want to see the Crawford fight? Yes. Is that the biggest fight? Yes. But there's other belts that we've got to see. Somebody's got to get. So... Being making their undisputed champion, I think that's perfect. I don't care who it is, who fights who. So if these guys are fighting, that's what we need to see. And then hopefully Thurman or Pacquiao or whoever has the WBA, you know, they'll fight. And then over there on PBC, then we can get the unification, the uh, the undisputed champ. So I'm not mad at that. They've been talking about it. It seems like this is what PBC wants. It's going to be money. They said Fox pay-per-view. I think Porter versus Spence is pretty much the same as Porter uh, Spence versus Garcia. I think that's around the same thing uh, as far as, well, maybe not. You know, Garcia probably has a few more Mexican fans. But if you have it in Dallas, I think as far as it could be the same type of fight, I think that it could be pay-per-view. So Porter said he wanted to be – it needed, it had to be pay-per-view. had to be Fox pay-per-view. He said that. If this happens, it happens. So uh, I see that fight happening next. Looks like that's what's going to happen. So I'm with it 100%. I'm not mad at all. I'm not mad at all. JP, you thinking that this one's coming up next? Because uh, I'm – like normally for me, I, I, would, I, would, I would buy what Kenny Porter says off top. But he he did uh 
backed the truck up a little bit in an interview with uh, with uh, Ness on, on the Boxing Voice somewhere a couple months back when uh, I was listening to a, a interview that he had, and he just sounded a little bit different. But now he's saying that it's got to be spent moving forward for Sean Porter. You buying what Kenny's selling? Uh, I believe Kenny. <clears throat> I don't believe uh, Kenny is a bullshitter or sells wolf tickets. So I do believe Kenny. Um, I was on the Boxing Voice and got laughed out the building for saying Sean Porter is borderline a Hall of Famer already. Um, you know, got laughed out the building, but I think there's nuance to that. <clears throat> but look, man, it seems obvious that Sean Porter and, you know, Camp have avoided Spence for a little while here. Fair to say. Not to say Sean Porter has taken, you look over this, the reason why I said he could possibly be a Hall of Famer already is just based on resume. You look at this guy's past six, seven fights, there's no one in the business who got that on their resume right now. <clears throat> this guy to go on and fight Spence, I mean, what you going to be able to say about him? Win, lose, or draw? Now, he probably, we assume he's going to lose. And then them not taking a fight, when they've seemingly taken on every challenge that has come their way rather quickly, and they seem to be like, you know, not taking on Arrow as quickly, you ain't seen nobody have to chase Sean around. You know, Arrow has been like damn near chasing this guy around, antagonizing him for about two years now. Plus, that's odd. That's odd for, you know, to see, you know, that's just something that we don't think is a characteristic of Team Porter because they've taken on all the challenges so far. They they hunting Thurman. When Thurman, people thought Thurman was a monster, you know, they, they still wanted him and they still want him. Um, I'm sure they have no f- problem fighting Garcia or anyone else. It's just seemed like Spence to them was the boogeyman. It led me to have some inclination that uh, they'd had some sparring possibly in the past, and Errol probably easily dominated. Uh, when you kind of do some comparison in your mind quickly about how the fight would go down, you see Errol being bigger, longer. <clears throat> Sean, I have to try to dart in and out and, you just see that being difficult for Sean. Sean won't definitely be able to bully him. So, you know, you just see it stacking up against Sean. But, you know, if Kenny says it's time, I believe that. And as far as the comparison to Garcia, as far as sales and all that stuff go, I think it's a, a fair equivalent, equivalency. And what I'm, I like about it is that it will definitely be a showing of, you know, what the black fan brings to the sport once the number comes out. And that's one thing that's always been underestimated. There's always been this funny narrative that, you know, the Mexican fan, the Mexican fan, yeah, they fill the stadiums, but I don't believe they drive the pay-per-views because if they did, uh, Mayweather wouldn't be the pay-per-view king. Because if you think it was a bunch of Mexicans out there buying all them Mayweather pay-per-views, you fucking delusional. They they don't like Mayweather like that. They hate him. And now when it was a Mexican fighter that they felt was good enough, yeah, they jumped in there. But that was off the black card. And I always wanted to say that. And I'm done. Yeah, the numbers. I just <laughs> no. looked up the numbers. Um, Spence did uh, – Spence and Garcia did 360 plus. That's good. That's really good. Yeah, I, I didn't think the, I didn't think it was gonna. If, if I would have had a guess on what we were gonna talk about preview numbers, I would have guessed somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe two hundred, maybe two hundred, maybe two twenty, somewhere around there. 
So that they really exceeded expectations when it came to pay per view sales. I was really surprised about that. Yeah, and forty seven thousand tickets sold. So yeah, they did pretty good. Real surprising that man. Real plus surprising. Fifty dollars parking. Plus fifty dollars a car for parking. That's crazy, dude. But uh, I, I think Errol is. I mean, is Errol a star? Can Errol is Errol a, a pay per view star? I don't. I don't. Shit. I mean, I fear I if know. you match him, if you match him up is competitively. That star number? So what was the number? The official? Is there an official number? It said three sixty plus. That was like two days ago. I don't know. I don't see the official number. But uh, well, that's better than Wilder Fury. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, I think that might be equivalent to like Canelo Triple G somewhere around in there. Now we call them stars. That's oh, for well, sure. Canelo's see. a star. Now, if that's anywhere in the ballpark so of what Canelo dead? does, it's pay per view dead. That much where where Mayweather just did a, a, a million buys. What was that? How, well, I guess that was a while ago. What was that? Two years ago. Well, if, if, if McGregor's Mayweather... doing two years ago, you know, seven hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand, and these guys are doing three. <laughs> You know, is that I no, mean, Mayweather? I'm Mayweather, you. no, Mayweather McGregor did four point three million. Oh, Here's 4. the thing, million, man. My bad. Yeah, yeah. Mayweather did one point seven five with Victor Ortiz. Mayweather did, <laughs> I think, one one point two five with Robert Guerrero. Okay, so what happened? Canelo and Triple G put, did one point one. Oh, Millie. Okay, that's that's not the same ball. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's not the same ballpark. So, so then, so I think no. pay per view is dead. So they're saying things are a success that wouldn't be a success. Like to Mayweather, that would be a, a bomb. So it's it's hard to you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know if he's a star, but they say it's, it's successful because pay per view is dead to only just a few people. I don't, I don't, I don't get how it's successful, but I guess it is. Well, the measure they're using is Mayweather's first pay per view versus uh. Who was that again? Gotti. Um, and this exceeded that. So they're using, like, guys' first time out. You know, that's the measuring stick here. Yeah. And, and if they're using that as the measuring stick, it, 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 is, it did succeed. And I believe Showtime or whatever, not Showtime, but PBC and Fox said, you know, the 250 range to them is the safe zone, you know, for them to get back their revenues and feel like it was a success. So anything over okay. that, they was all winning. It was all win. You know what I mean? But you know, if it's now that you said, you know, they took the two biggest stars and seen what they could do in Canelo and Triple G one point one. I think that's the bar. That has to be the bar. But anything less than that, it seems like uh, what was it, Pacquiao, Broner, and then this. I believe. I mean, I'm I'm just throwing numbers off the top of my head. But what we got spoiled with Mayweather, man, that man pushed that bar out so far, you know, where he was doing one, 1.75 with the likes of Victor Ortiz, the likes of Robert Guerrero, you know, did $4 million with Pacquiao. Dude, these are stupid numbers. We made, and so we looking at 300000 and we adding it up to what we used to know. You know what I mean? What we used to know ain't going to happen for a long time. You know, Camelo, Triple G, the two best we got to offer in the sport. And they barely got over that one. You know what I mean? 
when we had yeah, Lil Pacquiao Weather, Broner the, did uh, four hundred thousand, so about the same. Yeah, a little more, a little more. So I think the scale is, you know, Triple G, Canelo, Pacquiao, this shit, then Wilder Fury. Yeah, Wilder Fury, I think probably did two hundred thousand, huh? I think it was three twenty. Yeah, somewhere Not around sure the three enough. range, I think. <clears throat> somewhere around the three range for sure. I mean, uh, uh, Pacquiao, uh, they had a they had a successful uh, pay per view fight, but that was with a uh, uh, with the doubts of Adrian Broner that he had and all the ills that he had. If it was the undefeated Adrian Broner and Manny Pacquiao, even at mm-hmm. where he is right now, that shit would have been that would have been in the M's for sure. But. Um, yeah, man, I think it's it's just crazy how pay-per-view is now because, I mean, I'm thinking about how Wilder's <clears throat> next fight with Brazil is going to be pay-per-view. And, I mean, I question the same thing to myself. It's like these guys that we, we've we seen over the years uh, uh, on, on premium cable networks or whatever, whatever, now they're going straight to pay-per-view every time. It's uh, like, you know, hey, if that's how they're getting their money, then that's how they're getting their money. But it's, they're not stars like that to me. Earl Spence is not a star to me like that. Uh, I mean, even Wilder, with with the, I mean, he's a he's a must see attraction, I guess. When you talk, when you put into the account of, you know, he has that potential to drop anybody at any given time, like he did with Fury in that twelfth round. So it's must see as far as that. But yeah, we were just spoiled from the Mayweather's, Pacquiao's in his prime. I mean, Coda was right behind those guys when it was pay per view numbers. And I mean, now it's just like it's a different level of boxing, especially when you got the zone um, having the fight like Jacobs and Canelo, where you're paying you know twenty bucks for an app, which used to be nine dollars, but twenty bucks now for an app and things like that. Mayweather never had to deal with shit like that when his pay per view run was going. So I mean, it, it's a it's a different ball game, folks. We gotta we, we gotta just work with what we got going on here. I mean, uh, you know, it's about. It's not as bad as UFC because they're doing pay-per-views every month with who the fuck knows who. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I guess it is what it is. You got to uh, make their market value somehow. And, you know, Earl Spence is at that point in his career where if you're going to make him a, a pay-per-view every time fighter, then it is the welterweight division. So I guess I get it. But um, I don't know, man. Hey, let me, really let me take a shot at PBC, too, because I feel like this is the, for the kind of the first time – this ain't what you promised us, PBC. This Wilder Brazil fight should not be pay-per-view, and I don't understand why it is. You know, I don't know the business. I'm sure maybe yeah. one of y'all or somebody else pays more attention hey, to that side of the thing. Though. I'll put it all what together it? What, of, what, of what Wilder is doing. Uh, and I think – I, I, I still think he should have he, he, he took the $100 because you never know what could happen in this game. But I think – I think I see what Wilder's doing, and I'll just, I'll just put it together right now. So, Wilder, Wilder's going to be in tune with Showtime, where he's going to make money on the back end, right? So, I just read that if the Fury, during the Fury fight, uh, Janelle, uh, I mean, uh, Janelle, Janelle wants to talk on this. He just popped up. But Wilder, uh, Wilder gets He's gonna get a. Uh, he's get, he would have got fourteen million if they hit a million. If they would have hit a million pay per view buys, so Wilder's getting 
some money on the back end. He's getting his whatever it is for the whatchamacallit, however much, then he's going to get money on the back end. Shelly Finkel has two guys that I think we forgot that he had on his team. He's got two guys that are talking about coming out of retirement that can get that can probably get Wilder a lot of money, and it could be a pay-per-view. And those are those brothers, Vitaly and, uh, and Vlad Klitschko. Wilder that, is probably oh. going to fight. Wilder is betting on himself, and he's trying to get that pay-per-view money. He's got $20 million fights that are going to be coming up if he can fight the Klitschko's next, especially if he can fight Vlad, if he can somehow win or he can get a rematch. He might be able to make his $100 million. <laughs> I, I've seen what's been going on. I've been sort of listening. I, I heard somebody else talk about uh, that guy, Leon Muhammad, talking about the, the Klitschko guy. Um Wilder might not be as dumb as I thought. He still he still should have took the hundred million. I think personally, because you never know what could happen, he might get slept by Brazil and it's all over. But he's betting on himself, and maybe that's why he's acting so crazy. He's hype. He's trying to get himself as hype as much as possible because he put it all on himself. I'm gonna take a little bit back that I've been talking shit about Wilder, even though I still fuck with him. I'm going to take a little bit of the, 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 the sting. I hope that's what he's thinking. So that's what I'm going to ride with. He's betting on himself, and I think he can make that money. And I, I think there's a way for him to make that money. So I mean, he has to have some sort of uh, uh, plan that that is going to, in the long run, benefit what he's doing. Because we know Broner had that plan when he was offered that $40 million by Rock Nation, but that didn't really work out just by the way he, <laughs> he is. I don't look at Deontay Wilder in the same light as Adrian Bonner, where he has to worry about some of those things outside the ring that could uh, potentially uh, have him have a setback when it comes to being in the ring. But you said you had Janelle here with us, and he wants to talk on this subject, so let's take it out to NY and see if Janelle's uh, uh, ready to go on this subject with you know, uh, pay-per-view uh, uh, fighters in the game today. Janelle, what's, hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, um, uh, personally, I think Wilder's going to live to regret this. It's sort of like how uh, Broner regret not taking that $50 million from Rock Nation. That was a dumb move. Of course, I see what Broner was doing as far as being loyal to a guy like Al Heyman, but he should have to burn stuff for his losses and stuff, and those guys ain't loyal to him anymore. You know? And so, like, a three-fight, $100 million deal, um, that should literally be a no-brainer, honestly. I mean, that's the, I mean, I mean for you say they're fights, not loyal to Broner anymore. Broner just fought on pay-per-view. I mean, but he didn't headline it. That don't matter. He got paid for it. So, yeah. I'm just I mean, saying, he wasn't going to headline okay, it. You see how everybody's dogging right now in the public eye? It don't matter. To say that they're and not, to say Al Heyman's not being loyal to him, to say, that, that would be false. He's got his own promotion. He's got. Hey, man. He's, he, he he just fought Manny Pacquiao. That's Maybe the, most the fans aren't. He even lost. I'm just saying. It don't hey, matter. Hey. It. It does matter. I think that was that would be false. I think that would be false to say that. Adrian Broner. You think has so? How many losses? Yeah, he was just exactly. fighting a pay per view, and he just. I think I think he's getting a lot of love. I think Me he's too. Getting a lot of love. I think 
I don't think that Rock Nation thing would have panned out better for him. I think, and, and I think no, that, that was Adrian Broner still. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know what. See what if his numbers would have been the same. I just think Adrian would have got that money for them three fights, and that would have been it. Adrian has lost three fights and then still been in a pay-per-view fight and still going to get another million-dollar payday whoever he fights. Payday. You know, you can line in and back up with Mikey Garcia in a rematch and damn near pay-per-view that. That's how this man's going to get – he's getting paid longer, this long money at PBC with him. That three fights at Rock Nation would have been that in all because he's just not good enough to be long. But they're keeping him alive here. I mean, I think the, I think it'll still be on the table. I think it would have still been there. He could have still went back to them. I think the Rock Nation thing wouldn't have panned out. I think he would have more money in his account right now. I mean, how much did he make since um, uh, uh, from these past, uh, from the time he turned on the Rock Nation deal uh, to now? I don't think he made uh, what he would have made with that deal. I doubt it. I, I truly but doubt it. But, but you can't forget about the under the table briefcases that Al Heyman is uh, – Famously but, known for though, so we we don't know about what's what's uh what's not being put out. But I think y'all both I think y'all both could be right. I think that Janelle yeah. could be right that his his money might not have been as long, but JP could be right that we wouldn't be talking about him right now. And that's what I think. You know what I'm saying? And I, you know, I also it, it could I be both. That, but what about, like, so to add to the conversation, like, with Deontay, why the uh, fuck did he turn down that money, right? But it, it all goes back to what we think. Like, damn, maybe Al is giving these guys, like, investments in a different company. He getting, they're getting shares, stock in companies or something. Because, look, everybody's money, look, they look good. Everybody at PBC, don't nobody yell out for money. That's the thing, dog. Don't nobody raise their hand for money, and ain't nobody leaving. That's more telling than anything that we could ever say about whatever somebody else offering. It's what the fighters is saying. Them niggas was screaming bloody murder when they was fucking with Don King. And everybody, we just said, well, it is what it is. You know, but the fighters going to let you know if that dough ain't right. Over there at top rank, niggas get the feeling shit ain't right at a time. Oscar left. Floyd left. You know, Crawford got to be questioning, like, God damn, am I on the right side of the fence? But over here at PBC, man, ain't nobody talking about no money. We happy over here. And even dickheads. And Floyd being the generation's spearhead of the dickhead fighter, you know, the arrogant black villain fighter, is set comfortably, seeming. Adrian Broner, absolute dipshit. I don't see Adrian like really out there like I'm broke. He ain't like I'm broke. Uh, fucking Leo Santa Cruz, I, that young man is set. They say, you know. So Danny Garcia seemed to be doing good. You know, Robert Guerrero still fighting. You know, nobody. Keith Thurman ain't ain't said a damn thing about money. Errol Spence just had a pay per view fight. You see where Mikey Garcia? I mean. It's got to be something more than the purse because these purses be like $2 million. So it's something else, man. It has to be because why wouldn't Wilder go get that money, man? I, now, I believe there's a lot to loyalty. I'm a guy who believes in loyalty, and if I came from the dirt with you and you helped me get here, I'm going to fuck with you. 
but we also do understand business. And when something is like projecting to be a $10 million, I don't know what he's getting pursed out for the Brazil fight. But it's nothing over that three-year, uh, three fights, $100 million. So it just means that it's just got to be more incentive over there that we don't know about is all I'm saying. That's pure speculation. Well, but goddamn, I, I, I don't know if it's speculation because Danny Garcia has been on interviews saying that the bonus checks, quote-unquote, that Al Heyman gives out, he's like, y'all don't know about that. And that's kind of where uh, – and he left it at that. He didn't get into more detail of things like that or whatever. So – uh, it, it might be more more than a bonus check that we're accustomed to hearing about and things like that when it comes to Al Heyman's fighters. And when, he, he just alluded after by saying that, by saying, yeah, y'all don't know about them bonus checks that Al Heyman got. That's why, that's why if you ain't getting that Al Heyman money, you ain't getting real money. And then he just left it at that. So I don't think it's much speculation. I think there's that, that Al Heyman extra shit that he put in there that – is where these guys are living better off of, uh, you know, the 1.3 that Bronner would get uh, every so often or whatever, whatever, because especially a guy who lives a lavish lifestyle like him, not the smartest uh, when it comes to investing his money, got a bonus check, man. But look, RC, that's what fucking um, top-ranking Golden Boy conspired to, I'm sure, to have the law comb through all that. You know, like, how are they getting all these fighters? it got to be something. So I'm sure they created that case so, you know, investigators can really dig in to find how is this money being funded. And so they won the case. I mean, I mean, top-ranked them lost the case. And so everything's legit. So it's like the duffel bags and backdoor money, it would seem like that shit couldn't really be there. But because the law just was in there, and this a black man. So you know they wouldn't, and it wasn't like they was looking to do them favors. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you know, right his shit that. got combed through pretty thoroughly, I'm sure. Bonuses, so you know, bonuses aren't illegal. Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, he might just do the, the whole NCAA thing and, and be like, hey, uh, you know, uh, Deontay or Danny, whatever. I got you guys this new jacket. Why don't you try it on? Check your pockets. It might be full of a whole lot of gifts inside. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yo, speaking of, moving along, what's that? But speaking to the same effect with Bob Brown, I mean, the OG's been at it forever. And he did get a lot of fighters paid, like Tim Bradley, who was uh, making it rain the other day on set. <laughs> I don't know if you guys seen that. But um, possible fight with Lomachenko was no longer a 50-50 fight leading towards Lomachenko getting the lion's share after Mikey Garcia suffered that embarrassing loss to Earl Spence. Uh, <clears throat> if I'm a businessman, I would go this kind of a, a route for trying to get my guy the most, especially when you had bad history with the other guy being Mikey Garcia. Um, but that's just from a business savvy position. But to keep it real, I'm not so sure if taking away a 50-50 fight with the two guys, Mikey and Loma, is something that's fair. That's just me. Well, if there's going to be that super fight that we've been wanting for a while when it comes to Mikey Garcia and Lomachenko, do you think it's a 50-50 fight? And 
is Bob Arum just being business savvy, or is he wrong about trying to make this uh, potential lion's share favor for Vasil Lomachenko over Mikey Garcia? Uh, this is what I like to I, li- I like to call tactics. When I saw that the way he sort of walked away while he was saying that, that's how you know he was, you know, he was bullshitting. Uh, they're not going to want the fight. Mikey, you know, he just got in there and got beat up. He just, you know, he didn't show anything. They're still, I don't think they want that fight. So now they they're going to go in there asking for something ridiculous. Mikey Garcia was just on pay per view. They just did what? What did we say? Three hundred and sixty. We're saying that that was a success. So he's successful on pay-per-view. Lomachenko has a final pay-per-view. So I'm not sure how it's not 50-50. If, if not, leaning more towards Mikey Garcia, I guess because he got the law. But that really, I don't, I don't know. I still see him as, as being able to knock Lomachenko out. So I don't know how they do it, but maybe, you know, maybe they want 60-40 and Mikey Garcia just says, you know, he does it prove that he's the man. So we'll see how, what happens. I, I'm pretty sure it's still 50-50. I don't know what Bob Aaron's talking about, if he believes that. But I don't think he does. I think they're just trying to not make the fight happen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm with you on that. We'll go to JP next and Janelle. Well, you can touch on this one as well. JP, uh, business savvy, I say, but Will is kind of alluding to maybe them pricing themselves out against Mikey Garcia. What's your thoughts, my brother? Yeah, I, I just think, Bob, you know, business tactic, of course, and smells blood in the water. And I, I think I touched on it directly after the fight, uh, Mikey taking that loss, and it's now, you know, some of the invincibility. In, in fact, a lot of it has been wiped off of the, uh, you know, the mystique that was Mikey Garcia. It looks rather normal. So, Lomachenko, you know, he's had his human, he's been humanized since, you know, a year or two ago, you know, getting dropped by Linares and, you know, just looking hittable here and there. Uh, He's a bit human also. So I think right now, if I'm Bob Arum, of course I'm leveraging, but there's blood in the water. There's There's a lot Mikey has to, you know, uh, reconsider about himself You know I don't know if Mikey ever thought That kind of ass whooping was coming his way Especially in a boxing fashion He could see possibly being Bullied by a bigger guy I think going into That fight but he, he had no idea That uh, that tactical Ass whooping was coming his way And so you know People always question the fighter being the Taking their first ass whooping And you know in more of a mental Fashion as this one would be and, you know, he, him having to have that same whatever it was in him that made him unbeatable, once a guy's beaten, they question, you know, does he takes L's easier. And you would say in that fight, Mike took his L pretty easily. And it wasn't no, like, fuck it, I'm going out on my shield. I'm just going to let it all hang out, you know. But, no, man, I think if you're Aram, I think it's, it's time to go for the kill. I think they both need each other right now, most importantly. Mikey Garcia and Lomachenko, they both in a little weird spot. Lomachenko needs to do something. We got enough of your, your highlight videos. Um, you know, you done, you done got dropped now. You know, you can't be Matrix but getting dropped by dudes we don't consider to have power. And um, we didn't got enough of that. So we need to see you beat somebody we consider good again. And Mikey then came off of getting his butt whooped. 
and we need to see him beat somebody really good to put him back on that pedestal we had him on before the Errol Spence fight. Yep, I, I definitely think that there's a, a part of them where they might be smelling blood in the water and you could maybe catch Mikey Garcia at the right time after taking a beating from a guy like Earl Spence. Uh, <clears throat> but Janelle, take it to Janelle and see what he thinks about this one because he is also, um, you know, a little, he knows about the business and how this thing kind of works. So Janelle, uh, 50-50 fight with Mikey Garcia and Lomachenko is off the table according to Bob Aram. Business savvy or pricing himself out, or do you have any other theories about that? You know, I mean, it's interesting, you know, I because mean, I, for one, know how one fight, a one loss could actually ruin anyone in, the, in any combat sport. And I'm mean, only real true champions bounce back from a loss. If you watch the, when Broner first lost to Madonna, he took some bombs from Madonna. But, yeah, he won the championship rounds. Outside of faking the headbutt or whatever, he showed a shitload of heart. Name a fight where he showed ain't that kind of hard again. In the Sean Porter fight, okay, I think he realized about the second, third round, okay, I'm losing this fight. I'm not going to go to war again. I'm going to clinch on for the last bell. You know what I mean? And that's how psychological shit could really fuck you up in the fight game. One shot could, you know what I'm saying? So I want to see what Mike Garcia looks like his next fight. If, he, if he's still opening up, is his counter punching, is his timing still there, or is he going to cage up more and be like, okay, I'll catch flashbacks from the, you know what I'm saying, is he questioning himself, saying, okay, um, I guess I really wasn't that good? Because honestly, uh, now in the all Facebook chat room, people saying, okay, who did Mikey Garcia beat anyway to say that he was really great in the first place? It, there's a lot of guys questioning him. I think he, he's, he might be questioning his own boxing skills at the, point, at the moment. So, you know what I'm saying? And that could play a factor of fighting Lomachenko as far as, like, you know what I'm saying? But I think Mikey, before his loss, I, I picked him easily to beat Lomachenko by knockout, actually. You know what I'm saying? But not to mention the physical aspects. Okay, going up to 147 now, sucking weight to get back down to 135. I mean, is that doable? I mean, when Broner I went back down, and he went back down to 140. And even, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a lot of weight to cut. Um, again, you go up, and what, is it Mikey Garcia in his 30s now? So it's like, um, it's, it's a lot of different human factors, but I just... I think it's more of a mental factor with Michael Garcia right now. I, I think even he's questioning his own his own box because, because the way he fought with Spence is like he literally quit on himself. I'm in survival mode. There's no way I'm winning this fight. And Spence did not bully him. He didn't MC did not. He scientifically, as um, uh, JP said, a tactical ass whooping, a tactical ass whooping. You know what I'm saying? Which no one saw coming. Even he, even he himself didn't think Spence could box like that. So it's like. I mean, let's got to see psychologically he's at, man. I really want to see him fight at least once or twice uh, before Lomachenko and just see if it's the Mikey of the old or if it's the Mikey, if it's the Mikey, you know what I'm saying, after the Spence fight. As Brooke was never the same after Triple G beat him down. And, I mean, as you've seen the fight oh, with Triple G, uh, Triple G didn't even form. But with Spence, he actually took a knee from Spence as Spence was walking forward to him. He just took a knee. You know what I mean? That was never Brooke before that Triple G beat down. So I want to see what Mike Garcia is at his next fight, man. I want to see how he looks. If you're Aram in top rank, if you're top rank in Lomachenko, you strike right now while the iron's hot. You go why why he might have to question himself. Don't let him get them other reps under his belt. Go now. Offer him that money now. But you know what Mike should do? You know what Mike should do? If Mike really is the same boxer that he once was, 
someone should go into the fight. And I think that's what Mikey should do. I was telling Simon that a while ago. Uh, uh, me and Simon were talking the same topic about like an hour before the show started, and we was talking about a good minute on the phone. I had just finished spawning, and we was talking about it. I was like, that's what, that's what Mikey should do if Mikey is the same boxer. Because even I would say he's not the same. And then he get in there and do his thing. And say, go then, hey, okay, I baited the guy. If I'm Lomachenko right now, I overpay him. I overpay him for the fight, give him an offer he can't refuse because I need the status. Lomachenko with that win. You know what, though? I think Bob Aram is still thinking that Mike Garcia hasn't lost anything. This is why he's kind of like probably – it's probably a business tactic. But I think that even he still want to see Garcia in a fight first before Lomachenko at 135 and see how he looks after sucking that weight back down again and see if his feet are under him, if his timing is still there. I think even – I don't think they'll jump on the fight immediately anyway. I think he wants to see if the guy is not the same. And if he doesn't look the same, he's jumping on the fight. Because if you watch that – if you watch, uh, let me say, the last fight, as soon as the fight was made with Spence and Garcia, oh, the matter for Lomachenko, oh, I want Garcia, I want Garcia. I'm like, damn, the man was calling you out for how long? Oh, but now he's fighting probably the most dangerous guy. No, well, I won't say the most dangerous guy at 147, but definitely one of the most dangerous guys at 147. And now all of a sudden you want to fight uh, Mike Garcia? Come on, man. That was, I think you know, I think they expected Spence to actually break this guy down and really beat him up to where he wouldn't be the same and then fight him as far as Spence's leftovers. But, but that was some real sucker shit. Lomachenko uh, finally called out Garcia after one of his fights. I mean, come on. Only because the Spence fight was made. I mean, that was some real sucker shit. I didn't dig that shit at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you on that, man. I was I was thinking the same thing. Uh, but <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see what they got moving forward because if I'm Mikey Garcia, uh, you probably just got a, your best payday against Earl Spence on pay-per-view. So if you have to take a little bit less to up your profile against a guy like Lomachenko, I'd say you could, I think you should go that route and take that take that risk in a sense to up, not only up your profile, but if they want to get a rematch, then you could go around and say that you get the lion's share from a possible rematch and things like that would probably be a bigger fight. So uh, it's definitely something to consider, but we'll see how Mikey Garcia goes about it. But you brought up sucker shit. Oh, you're segwaying like a motherfucker every time. But sucker shit. Starting off with Willa in this one, because I, I found this one kind of funny, and I didn't really know if I should believe it or not, but it was on a live feed. From one, the notorious one, Tom McGregor, talking about how he he's not only entertaining the fact that he wants to have a rematch with Floyd Mayweather, but he's almost campaigning for it. And I don't know if he was on too much of that proper 12 Irish whiskey that he promotes, but he's talking about in the the uh, 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 he 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 went further into detail. Uh, after his live stream, and he said that he wasn't expecting Floyd to fight him Mexican style, quote unquote. He expected him to fight the way Floyd normally does, which is, uh, you know, shell defense and and getting so and so just the way that he normally fights. But obviously, he had no worries about Connor, so he fought that way in an offensive matter. Connor said he wasn't prepared for it. <clears throat> he would get Floyd in the ring. He would knock his head in the bleachers, and that's what he wants to do. Well, uh, first thought I had after seeing this was maybe this guy's drunk. Second thought was, well, sometimes uh, uh, some people get a little bit too much money, and 
don't know how to maintain that money. Uh, I don't know if he's spent that hundred million he made since what was it, 2017 of uh, August when they had that fight. Uh, a lot can happen in a year and some change. So um, <laughs> it, it, I, I didn't even I thought it was fake news when I first looked at it, but I guess Conor McGregor's looking to get some get back against Floyd Mayweather. What's your thoughts on this, man? Man, um, yeah, I was surprised when you said this myself. Like, what you know, what's going on here? Sounds of a guy that's very thirsty for attention. Um, isn't McGregor about to fight in the UFC coming up soon? I don't think he has anything no. scheduled right now. It's just rumored, oh, okay. rumored opponents. Nothing scheduled right now, though. Uh, okay, so maybe you know, maybe he's out here trying to, you know, bid the boxing against the UFC, try to get a little more paper out the deal. I don't know why he would be calling out 42. How old is Floyd? 42, 43-year-old Floyd Mayweather. He's been, he got embarrassed already by by a small guy. What the fuck? And um, so, yeah, I, I I think it's comedy. I don't I don't think he lost all that money. That's a lot of money losing a year and a half. But if you're paying your boys, if you're doing a lot of that, you might you might be able to lose it, especially if you don't see any real loot coming in anytime soon because you're stuck over there at the UFC getting up pennies on the dollar of what you made in the boxing game. So, yeah, who knows? I doubt it happens. Probably the easier fight beside out of him and Manny Pacquiao. If I need to, if I need another big payday. So I guess all we know is Floyd has. If Floyd gets down, if Floyd gets down and out, he's got another two fifty. He can, uh, he can, he can count on with, with Manny Pacquiao or uh, Conor McGregor. Oh yeah, oh yeah. A lot of those UFC guys actually believe in Conor, and they believe what he's saying. As far as, oh, he'll be ready for the next fight with Floyd. You know, I, I, I would, I wouldn't put it past those guys. So uh, foolery to me. But at the same time, when this fight first started, uh, uh, Floyd was, uh, you know, everyone was throwing their money on Conor McGregor at Vegas. So uh, I don't know where those guys are, but if this fight does happen again, I need to find me some of those UFC fanboys. I'll take some of that. But, (laughs) hey, uh, uh, JP, uh, Conor McGregor might have been on too much of that proper 12, but he wants to get some – he wants to get back with Floyd Mayweather in the boxing ring. Uh, <laughs> what's your thoughts on this one, my guy? Well, retrospect, man, we know it was all a spectacle. It was an exhibition. We were paying for the entertainment of it all. Uh, it was damn near a wrestling match in the to the degree of it just being entertainment, like combat entertainment. Um, truth about Conor McGregor is that he can't beat anyone good in UFC, he can't be the champion anymore. He can't beat them guys. So he don't want any of that smoke because they know he can't fight the top guys. When it comes to boxing, the reality is he don't even, he's not even, ah, man, like any of, the truth is I couldn't figure it out because Conor, the whole legend of Conor McGregor regarding boxing it's his spar with Polymalinaji. Poly, 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 That's where we even heard of Conor fighting. 
And if you got deep into that, which I did, because I was uh, listening to all of Polly's podcasts and all that shit, and they talked about Polly has been begging Connor, going out talking about. If you guys really know the story of it, you know uh, Polly went over there uh, when he was uh, Connor was sparring for something. Oh, I forgot what. Maybe it was Mayweather. I don't know. Maybe my timeline's wrong. But um, you know, Polly went over there and it was Sparta's bottom. Um, and then Connor released that footage of Polly being dropped, seeming by Connor. That, that classic footage, and everybody was going off like, whoa, Connor dropping Malinaji at in sparring. And Polly came out and, you know, just tore him to shreds. Like, dude, I was kicking your ass. Your fucking people wouldn't let anybody take pictures, and you have the nerve to, you know, put some picture up with me falling in, in the ring. I was beating the shit out of you. You know, Polly has a pretty big platform also. And, uh, you know, and Polly is wanting that smoke. Polly wants that check. And you'd be like, well, why Connor won't just go fight Polly? Polly will talk plenty shit. He has a giant platform. Connor and Polly is great. That's great business. Madison Square Garden, come on. Everybody gets paid. But the truth is, Connor won't take that fight because then he don't get the Mayweather fight. Because if Malinagely whoops your ass, who'd want to see you fight Mayweather? That's the truth. The truth is that Connor cannot beat Polly in a fight. In a boxing match, now Connor will kill them both. Probably, been in a real fight, Connor probably beat both of them fools. But in a boxing match, Connor cannot beat Polly Malinaji. If he could, he would fight him and take those millions, easy millions, against a guy who can't punch. But he knows if he takes Polly, he can't get the Mayweather check. So to wrap it all back around, man, it's shit. You know what I mean? It's absolute. It's WWE will be paying for the entertainment of it all. And when the day comes, I'm probably not paying for that. That's going to be some shit I'm trying to stream somewhere. And if it's buffering, if it's buffering, then fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. It, it it never seems to amaze me how much of the backing that the UFC fans would, would have for Connor, you know, regardless. I mean, it looks good on paper, you know, a young fighter like Connor and an old man like Floyd who's outsized, you know, just off that kind of shit. I could, I mean, you know, whatever, whatever. But, yeah, complete, complete uh, WWE style of an event. But, I mean, I, I question how serious Connor is with this because if I'm Floyd, oh, yeah, we can run that back because we're easily going to do two million sales just off UFC fans alone. So, you know, that's that's a that's a that's low fruit to pick. Low hanging fruit for Floyd Mayweather. So, uh Janelle, Conor McGregor might then had too much of that proper 12 whiskey or his bank account might be getting his eyes wide when he looks at how much money he's been spending because uh I haven't seen McGregor promotion take off like he thought it was and things like that. So uh, he's calling for a rematch with Floyd and look like he's willing to get back in the boxing ring. Uh, what's your thoughts on this McGregor foolery, my guy? I mean, shit, you can't blame the guy. Man. If he said, or was it Willow or J.P. Whatever said about oh, what he got in, in the Floyd fight, that's pennies to dollars compared to what he'll make in the UFC. So I, I don't think he wants to, I mean, but he makes pretty good money, you know what I'm saying, for the average working class citizen and all. Oh, but, you know what I'm saying, 
I think he'll, oh, right, boxing is where the money is. And the guy, I mean, you can't blame him. Got a, a guy made $100 million. But, like, he should have did what I said he should have did on that Mayweather fight first made. Now, he should have took that big check he got, and he could have created his own brand. And they could have rivaled him easily. With his mouth and shit, he would have ran Dana White out of fucking stadium. And, like, the guy could have definitely got a lot of his European uh, fighters on, on the shows and stuff. It's like what the zone did, you know what I mean? It's a kind of good happen. I don't know why he just splurred money away, but that's real foolish. I mean, I really thought that was coming. I was one of those guys that said that Dana White's going to regret letting him go to fight Floyd Mayweather boxing, not because he's going to lose, but because the money he's going to make. And he's going to feel like he's bigger than the sport. And in a way, that is the way he's feeling all right now. That's why he wants to box. He should have created his own brand. I mean, I mean, it would have been huge. It would have been so huge, and I would have loved to see it because the way Dana White treats his fighters, he underpays guys to keep them more hungrier. You know, that's why a lot of guys are going on the belt, uh, belt or willingly. I mean, Connor should have really done that. I don't know why he didn't do it, but now he's feeling it right now, and that's why he wants to get into boxing. Because, like, nobody he's going to – I mean, his last fight was pretty huge numbers. Okay, his return off, but he got beat. He got spanked. And right now, Conor McGregor is, is at the point where it's like, okay, now, was this guy really – a great fighter. You know, what's he really great? Who would he really beat right now at 155? You know what I mean? In MMA. And if he loses another back-to-back loss in MMA, and I mean, that whole Conor McGregor era is over as far as him selling out tickets and everything. And I mean, so it's like, hey, I think right now he wants to cash out with some big paydays. And, of course, boxing is where it is. That's my intake on it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I'm not the biggest on, on uh, UFC, but I think that he had a fight that was speculated against Donald Cerrone, who is uh, uh Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Uh, I mean, himself that fight, to a certain that extent. Fight, but it would be a very exciting fight because both guys fight, like to stand up. Like you know what I mean? So it would be like a very yeah, exciting cowboy. fight, but... Cowboy gonna beat him up if that happened. Y'all know Cowboy gonna beat the shit out of that boy. Probably pull him to sleep. <laughs> and then his whole mystique will be over. I love his shit. whole mystique. His whole mystique. He he probably won't even headline never event again if he loses the Cowboy. And he knows that. He knows that, that if he had back to back losses in MMA, that Conor McGregor is over. Oh, over. If he loses in boxing, shit, he still gets a big ass fucking payday that he won't get in MMA. So it's. And and the MMA fight is still there, so it's like you know what I mean. I don't really blame him for wanting to get into boxing, but but he's foolish. He should have he should create his own brand. He could have easily done that with his platform and with his mouth, and the attraction he got with all the Europeans over there. I mean, he could have easily created his own brand. That was just foolish on his part. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I don't blame him. If uh, if I could get you know, something close to what I got the first time with Floyd, because he's definitely not going to get a hundred million again. The, I don't think it, the, the the spectacle won't be as big as it was the first time around, but you know, if you can get get in there and get your ass whooped for 50 million or something like that, sure, why not? It's not like it's going to be anything devastating that Floyd does to him, but, <clears throat> you know, it might as, might as well, you know. I mean, why would people I, buy it again, though? I don't see like, I don't think there would be UFC that. fans believe, bro. Oh man, they know better than that shit. Well, MMA, yeah. I, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm an MMA. I'm, 
I'm MMA. A lot of MMA guys really thought that he was beating Floyd Mayweather. I told him over and over he was not beating Floyd, walking him down, making him tired. He's like, nah, nah, he won some rounds. Ain't no he won some, He had a good chance. He could win a rematch. I'm like, dog, dog. Do you know oh, boxing? Wow. The thing is right here, I'm going to tell you the problem is, MMA guys don't train in boxing. They train no. in throwing punches. Yes. They don't have the, the technique of boxing. All They train in throwing punches properly. Not boxing. They don't have the artwork of boxing. Hit don't get hit. Create angles. You know what I'm saying? And I'm telling guys, okay, you don't train in boxing. Oh, you train on. You hold the pads up and you work the pads, set up your punches and all that. But you're not boxing. That's throwing punches. Like, no, no, no. He had a chance. He could beat him in a rematch. I'm like, what are you talking? Yo, so Jamil, like, is the is the conditioning guys. harder for box? Is the conditioning harder for a boxer? I say boxing. I, I say boxing to this day. I say boxing. Uh, yeah, it's a different tie because you got to condition yourself uh, grappling and stuff. But in my eyes, even today, I was sparring today, and, like, okay, I'll be throwing strikes, you know, and at times I would get tired and I would initiate a, a uh, takedown or uh, uh, grappling or uh, in the clinch because it's like you're getting a break, honestly. I mean, for me, a uh, person, it's like I'm breaking a bit when I'm grappling. It's, striking takes a lot more out of you for me. Takes a whole lot more out of me. Yeah, and you and saw in the Conor McGregor Mayweather fight. It's crazy, man. Because like, in the Conor McGregor fight, how Conor kept looking at the time. He kept looking at the time. He got gas. He got he got gas super quick. He got gas. He showed hard, of course. But you know what I mean, I mean Floyd didn't even. Yeah, he like really at, at a certain really. point, he, he walked dead down. at a certain point. Connor just fell yeah, apart. Yeah. I mean, there's times where I'm grappling. It's like I'm taking a break. I'm taking a break from strikes because I'm getting my energy back. It's because grappling, at times you can just pin your guy down with there's no strength you're using, and you're uh, rejuvenating yourself for your strikes and stuff. So, like, I, till this day, I say boxing is still more technical than MMA. Till this day, boxing is way with MMA. To this day. I mean, you could, <laughs> I know, I you could get a guy in a local bar, <laughs> and you could train him for a I mean, shit, I'm, I'm I turned 30 years old. Oh, uh, shit. I turned pro MMA after, like, a, on a two years training. There's no way in hell you're going to find a boxer who just trained two years and then get into uh, pro boxing after just two years. And hell no. That's not possible. Yeah. And if he doesn't yeah. get to be elite. Levels to that shit, buddy. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, I, I mean <clears throat> the the UFC dudes, the, the UFC fans really believe that though, JP, and they, you know, the the, the following that they have over there, uh, you know, it was it was, it was a big part. It was still sell. it was a big part of why that that fight sold four point three million on pay per view sales because us real boxing fans, I mean, we we kind of knew what the outcome was gonna be. <laughs> like, I mean. Uh, it, it was a no-brainer to me, but you no, know, the Vegas, yeah. Vegas odds and everything was going crazy on on one-sided, you know, to Conor McGregor. It's ridiculous. Yeah, man. that's why they call it the sweet science, man. Because the the common fan, like you know, a lot of people can't see where that science come into play. You know, you just got to know. Yeah. If you know, you know. Like Pusha T said, it's like I if said, you don't know, you it's think like it's I said, two man. dudes fighting. Am- MMA guys train and throwing punches, not boxing. They throw, they train and throwing punches. 
They don't know nothing about the fight boxing. They just throw punches. They don't set up power shots in MMA, really. They use no um, uh, technique, really no leverage in their shots. They don't create angles. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? You're just throwing punches, really. Well, I mean, if you got a lifetime of practicing how to fucking throw a right hook properly, you know, that's different. You know, these niggas trying to start from when they 21 years old and go in there and roll around on the floor and hit the heavy bag some, hit some pads some. No, this other guy has a lifetime since a child of throwing a right hook only. You know, like, nigga, that's yeah. different. <laughs> you know, it's different, just different, man. <laughs> oh man, that shit's crazy, bro. I, I, I'm, now that we it, it's got us talking about it, I really wouldn't be surprised if it happened again, man. I, I could see it happening again, bro. But you know what, guys? Let's uh, take it to our last subject before we get out of here. Um, <clears throat> you have corporate Tyson Fury uh, was uh, talking the other day, and ESPN posted that he will be having a fight June 15th against a up-and-coming undefeated German fighter by the name of Tom Schwartz. Uh, you look at uh, the not much of a, you know, it's not like he's a, I forget the little midget he was fighting before he actually got in there with Wilder where he fought somebody who was probably like five foot ten or something like that. And it's such a, you know, they had the face off where he's carrying them and stuff like that, laughing about it. Well, this young German prospect has an undefeated record and he's about 6'6". Pretty built up, stout looking kid. But we said that Tyson Fury would be fighting butt fuck whoever over at ESPN Plus and making good money. Looks like it's this guy by the name of Tom Schwartz. I honestly have not seen much of him. I looked at his resume to try to see what kind of O's he took, if any, on box rec. Doesn't look much impressive to me, guys. But that one will be on ESPN Plus on June 15th. And that's what Tyson Fury has coming next. Willa, <laughs> I know you've never been as fan of Tyson Fury. And he started to come around to you when he was becoming the people's champ in the fight with Deontay Wilder. Well, coming up against a German fighter. Um, but he doesn't look like he's uh he doesn't look like he's that much of a uh a pushover if you're looking at the eye test and the optics of that nature. So uh what's your thoughts when you're seeing the uh the uh Tyson Fury opponent being brought up? Because I was gonna just kinda leave that one off, but you know, you put it out there, so we got to talk about it. Hate it. <laughs> yeah, that Tom that Fury's out here. He's going to be fighting bums. I think ESPN is going to be ups, highly upset. I don't think that Tyson Fury is that big of a name as we uh, as as they're trying to portray him to be. Him and him and Wilder did what did they do? Three hundred thousand. That's not really. That's that's really pathetic when you when when you think about how these guys were building themselves up. How we how big these guys should be. You know, if he's fighting Tom Schwartz, I think he's undefeated. Is what they were saying. Um, I don't know too much about him. He's got some kind of belt. Uh, he's got some kind of belt. What does he have? No, he has no belt. World, the WBO Intercontinental. He's the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champ. I don't, you know. Which ain't saying a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, it, 24 uh 24-0, 16 knockouts. We'll see. I, I don't think there's going to be a good fight. We already know 
Fury really ain't knocking anybody out. So unless Fury goes out here and knocks this guy out and gets like, you know, is 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 building a, a name for itself, nobody's gonna really give a shit. I think Fury might have he got paid, but if he's over there by himself not fighting anybody, he's gonna die away. He's not he's not as exciting as Crawford. He can't be over there by himself beating up bums and have people excited because you're one of the you're one of the top pound for pound guys. I think Fury, you know, like I said, he got paid. Nobody really cares about this fight. And he might just, you know, wither away over there at ESPN. ESPN might have held themselves. But I guess he does have white. I guess there's a white fight, but I don't think anybody cares about that either. Besides real hard, you know, besides the boxing fans. I'll watch that fight definitely, but I don't think anybody besides boxing fans really gives a shit about Tyson Fury. Yeah, it's uh, it looks good on paper, but at the same time, this uh, uh, this Tom Schwartz is just a up and coming fighter who's, um, you know, never been in the ring with the likes of a guy like Tyson Fury. So, I guess if ESPN could sell the fact that he's a intercontinental heavyweight champion and he's undefeated and he's six foot six, good stature, yeah, this had the WWE. Uh, young guy like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Even though Fury. Belongs in there. And Shawn but, Michaels, um, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, it, it, I, I think I think Tyson just works well on regular cable. I think he's going to be perfect for it. And they got a threshold. They got the number range of what they want him to do. I think you put him, you, you, you start throwing him on, uh, you know, what is it, first take. You know what I mean? And you throw him on a few of them little shows leading up to fight week and you got Tyson doing his thing, and you get these people. You get you know what they want five hundred thousand on TV, maybe a million on TV, regular cable. I think they could get it with Tyson. You know, you put some big dude in there, and you know I think he's going to do his numbers. And we say we said you know he's going to be able to go fight butt fuck whoever for Deontay. Deontay got to go out here and fight stud after stud, while Tyson gets to come over to the states and get the, you know, the deal the American champ seemingly should be getting. But, no, you know, it's all about numbers. And the guy's mouthpiece, man, he's he's going, he's better than Big Baby. You know, he's more for regular TV than Big Baby. Big Baby's explicit. He's rated R. This guy has got that British funny shit about him, and it's witty and cunning and, you know, so, you know, let's go. Let's get it. That's all. It's about money. It's money time. This is going to be a comedy show. And he's got some Cooney country behind him, too. Giving yeah, him of course. <laughs> you know? Of course, of course. So, awesome. That only helps. That only helps, man. So, I mean, I see what they're doing. And when it comes to ESPN, you could get a lot of viewers, even if it's ESPN Plus. It's a, I think ESPN Plus had a little bit of a, a slow start at first, like any other, you know, upstart um, app would be to kind of try to look to change the game. But I think a lot of people are on it now um, a lot more than it was beforehand. So he has a chance to do some good numbers, man. And, you know, yeah, he's going to be able to fight whoever gets some bags rolled up. And Wilder's got to go through the, the, he's got to go through the tough terrain. So it's all bad, man, for Wilder as far as that goes. But Fury, you know, they found someone who looks good on paper. I'm sure he's going to be talking that shit, like you said, when it comes to the, the, the sports networks. He, he's built perfect for that. So 
it, it, it all works out for Fury as long as he doesn't get himself caught in there by a guy who could possibly, you know, have a puncher's chant. But it's going to be tough against a guy like Fury. Uh, Janelle, you got any comment on this fight before we get ready to wrap up and go on with the rest of our Sunday, my guy? Talking about the Fury? Yeah, um, Tyson Fury well, I got himself in the what Will is saying, how was pathetic those guys still are, are 300,000. It's not pathetic unless it all depends on, on what was put into the fight itself. So a profit could have been made. A pro, you know what I'm saying? I don't think it was pathetic because I don't think they put too much into it, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they so were talking uh, about get million this, uh, pay-per-views. Well, I mean, and they did three hundred. They did three hundred thousand. Well, well, I said, uh, I don't know what they put into the fight itself, but still, okay, that could have been. No, they made money into the fight. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, no. I think they made I'm, money. Yeah, but I'm pathetic. pretty sure. Pathetic, pathetic yeah. is a harsh word, though, brother. Yeah, yeah no, I think those are, ba- those are pretty. Man, say, yeah. those, and I wanted to be hard. I think those are pretty whack numbers. What What did we just say? Uh, Spence Garcia did four. You know, what did we say they did? Mayweather, 360. Uh, Mayweather got this standard that you don't sell a million, uh, you're a flop. I disagree with that. I disagree with that uh, completely. I completely disagree with that. I mean, the word here is authoritarianism. Is when you minimize the cost, you maximize the quadruple or, or more or whatever. It all depends on what they put into the fight. I don't know what they put into it, but I'm sure they made a profit. I mean, this fight made a profit, and a rematch would be a lot bigger. But it's, um, I think Tyson Fury, actually, I think he can sell. He can be in, in London. He stock went up even more in London. Because right now, I think they see him right now. As the man, because they think he's a wilder. They really view him over there. Obviously, him or Joshua, I think, would be the big, biggest selling fight at heavyweight. Honestly, that's just me personally. Because over there, and um, um, I think Fury can sell a fight. Man, he did a good job of getting on all the skin. You saw come fight time, how he was throwing those hell- haymakers and he uh, swinging for the fences over and over. I mean, the guy can sell a fight with his mouth. Um, I think he, uh, he has that wit. He has that. He has that. He, he has that, that character. Unfortunately, he doesn't have the knockout power. But hey, he didn't stop Mayweather for, uh, from selling millions. So um, I think Tyson's uh, Fury stock has went up, and, and I'm itching to see what he does in his next fight. I think, uh, I think he'll do a good job. You itching the fight. for this next and fight? More people was huh? You itching for this Tom Schwartz fight? Not really. Well, I won't say itching for a more itching to see as far as like the way how he'll sell the fight. I'm, okay. I mean, the Fury can't sell, and the heart that he showed his last fight, I think his stock went up some. And so, and so that's some interesting as far as what numbers are going to be done and what kind of sales is going to be done. Because I think Fury went up a bit. I mean, I could be wrong, but I believe that even in America, more people give him credit. I think Fury's going to be so good on ESPN that Fury's going to be having a um, a color analyst job at when it's all said and done, um, doing boxing on ESPN. He's going to be that good, man. He's going to be that damn good. I don't disagree with you. Yeah, he definitely got the gift of gab when it comes to the mouthpiece. And uh, I could definitely see him, like JP said, being on – Color commentary or just analytics of ESPN when it comes to boxing 
and um, you know, <clears throat> Tessa Tour and uh, and well, they don't have Teddy on there anymore. I don't think they have Teddy on there anymore. But um, you know, they have um He definitely has that, and I'm pretty sure that moving forward, getting ready for this fight with Schwartz, we're going to see a lot of, of of Fury getting up from that knockdown with Fury, which they're going to try to use that to build the persona of him having all this heart and, and, and everything, everything involved with that. So, I mean, pretty sure we're going to have to be prepared for seeing a whole lot of that stuff and hearing about the toughness of Fury and all that that goes along with it. Not hating on the guy. I'm just, uh, I mean, I'm not definitely not interested for this fight coming up. Um, as far as the trash talk goes that he could generate to get a fight hype, you already know what he's going to say. He's going to call this guy a bum. He say he's going to be his daddy, and probably call him a dosa as he's done. So, uh, but no, this guy's white. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. You're right about that. <laughs> um, this uh, I'll be uh, I'll be I'll be checking on it though because uh, you know I am a subscriber of ESPN Plus myself. Um, so. I'll definitely be looking into this one, even though I'm not sure not why. Michaela May. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Well, uh, definitely got to have support for it, but um, but yeah, man, I think that's about it for today, fellas. Will we uh, leave anything out or or uh, or anything like that? I think we covered everything. Yeah, no, I think that was it. I'm not really, ain't nothing really, ain't nothing really popping. Her versus Williams, yeah. that should be a good one. I think the press conference oh, yeah. and then, uh, just started popping up. Yeah. Then there yeah, was, no, I mean, yeah. I, we should have, we should have uh, at least said the uh, the outcomes of the fight. I think Pulev won a fight. They were talking about him fighting. Um, uh. Joshua or something like that. Is that what is that what Aaron was saying? That he's Joshua's mandatory now? Um then the other fights, I don't know. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna go on there with that shit. Um I guess we, we could also say look out for that uh Peterson and Lippinets fight coming on today. So um some things to to have for Sunday later on in check out and all that good stuff, but uh, yeah. I mean, nothing worth big note, so it is what it is. Um, well, Willa, what you got lined up for the rest of the day, man? Oh, man, nothing much, man. Um, I'm going to just be chilling. I done fired up about three sweets since we've been in here, so I'm going to probably be napped up. God damn. Yeah, I've been... I'd have been asleep halfway through till tomorrow. <laughs> uh, JP, we got Sacramento and LA at six thirty tonight. That's probably the only thing I'm really looking forward towards doing up the rest of this day. What you got lined up, man? <laughs> You're a funny guy, man. Hardy har har, hardy har har. Uh shit. Uh, I ain't so much on that. I'm going to probably try to line up some time with Willa to uh, do a discussion on my show over there at the Relatively Black and Fat podcast. 
about HBCUs. So, Willa, you know, I'm trying to round up all my cats. I know that had that experience, and we're going to talk about that a little. Uh, We talked about Zion earlier today. I want to talk about what if we send all the Zions amongst the world straight down there to them HBCUs? What would that do? How would they regulate that? Because I know they wouldn't let that really happen. So, yeah, I definitely want to get some opinion on that So, and things of that nature. So that's what I'm on. All right. And Janelle, what about you, man? What you got lined up for the rest of the day before we close this one out, buddy? Janelle gone. Oh, okay. He probably getting figured for it like you said last time. But all right, man. Fuck it. Sunday. Monday's ugly ass around the corner. <sighs> gonna be chilling for the rest of this one, man. It's been a um a long week, so I'ma just unwind here a little bit, chill, watch some of these these games. I know Seattle Slime's probably punching in the air right now because Washington's getting their ass whipped by North Carolina. <laughs> so um I guess having a team full of brothers doesn't mean, you know, uh, uh, just success off top. <laughs> so uh, probably shoot him some, some text and troll him a little bit about that. Uh, but I want to thank everybody for coming on today. Willa, JP, Janelle, appreciate you guys. Hope you guys have a good week. And uh, we'll be back on Wednesday for the midweek show in which Willa will be hosting. And we'll see what we got for y'all then. As for now, <clears throat> Speaking for myself in the San Joaquin in Central California, Houston, Texas, Southern California, and all the way to the East Coast, we're Outsiders Boxing Podcast, folks. And until next time, we out. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.